0: About his dad, a dad joke, is, as you could tell. Ooh. We're going to have, uh, we've been singing and in our hymns and everything. We've, we've been kind of highlighting the, the Psalms and talking about our, our home today. It's the 80th anniversary of the Wizard of Oz, so we've got this really cool theme going on today. I have to let you know. Sometimes if you come to one service, you don't know what went on in some other services. Thursday night, we got here and we had a great time on Thursday night and our Thursday evening worship at 5.30. If you want to come, if you know somebody that's, that's looking for a different time, different day to come. Uh, then this morning in our 8.45 celebration service, we baptized twins, Josie and Henry. And so how do you baptize twins, do you say? you have an extra pair of hands. So, uh, Carrie and I, Pastor Carrie and I, had the, it was precious, it was wonderful. And then outside in our green space, in between we had the blessing of the animals. Wow, that was so much fun. Everyone was so well behaved, even the animals. We had dogs and cats and one hedgehog and three tortoises that I know of, I didn't see them all, but uh, it was great. It was just amazing. It's fun. So um, this, is, this is a great place to be. This is a good place to call home. Um, we're going to look at Psalm 131 in just a little bit, but, but right now I want to share a different scripture with you, and we're going to do um, a call and response. I know that you all know how to do a call and response because we, we do it just about every time we, we read scripture we, I'll say something like the word of God for the people of God, and then you'll say, thanks. Yes, so I knew that you would remember that. We're doing it a little bit different today. I'm going to read a scripture, and then instead of thanks be to God, I want you to say, There's no place like home. Okay? Okay. Psalm 24, verse 1 says this The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. That's right. That's right. Whenever we say the word home, it stirs up all kinds of feelings. Uh, I was talking about going to my my class reunion and the feeling of home when I saw people that I've gone to school with all those years ago. And we we talk about being homesick. In The Wizard of Oz, uh, uh, Dorothy sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And there's such longing and homesickness in that song. We talk about Having home cooking and having home court, home field advantage, we we talk about uh, going far away from home, our hometown, um, all kinds of different ways. It all stirs up something in us. But I want us to look at a couple of different ways to think of home today. And one is this: the earth is our home. Just like I read in Psalm 24, everything that's in it, God made this earth is their home, is our home and there's no place like home. Uh, This is talking big picture here. Okay, you know, we we may be from different places. We may look different. We may have a different accent. We may have a different language, but we're all on this third rock from the sun, aren't we? And the earth is our home. And when it gets right down to it, there really is no place like home. Not that we know of anyway. I, I looked on the NASA website. I like to do that sometimes. And just to see what's going on out there. And they're always exploring other galaxies and things. And scientists have found, with the Kepler Space Telescope, a planet that that looks like it could be Earth-like. They found this planet uh, in a galaxy far away, and they named it kind of after the Kepler Space Telescope. They named it Kepler-186f. Maybe they ought to get some creative types in there when it comes to naming. I'm not naming. I'm just saying, Kepler one hundred and eighty-six F is in a habitable zone. That means the conditions are sort of it's sort of Earth size. It is orbiting a star, but there's some important things that they don't know about Kepler one hundred and eighty-six F. One being, oh, the makeup of the atmosphere. That's a little important uh, for anyone who might want to be there. The, the, the temperature, surface temperature so important things so it might be uh, habitable, don't know well and then it's 500 light years away so that's a little problem so it's not like you know, we can mess everything up here and then go hop on the church bus and catch the space shuttle and go off to Kepler 186F not going to happen there's no place like home, bottom line for all you and for me and for all God's creatures, it all belongs to God. So, what are the implications of that? One is just super common sense. Super common sense. If, if this is our home, then we have to take care of it. Has anything been entrusted to you to take care of uh, before? This happens all through our life. When I was 16 years old, I was entrusted with the silver bullet. This is not the silver bullet that you put in the gun and shoot the werewolf with. This wasn't that silver bullet. This one was a 1972 two-door Pontiac Ventura with no power brakes, no power steering, no air conditioning, no power windows, hide seats, bench seats, you get in the the picture. now I did, I did go on to put an eight-track tape player and some big speakers in the back. Just, just truth and advertising. Sometimes you have to, you know what I mean. Um, but I was so proud to have that car because it had been my sister's and it had been passed on down to me. And when you're 16 years old and you live in the country, if you're going to ever have any hope of going out on a date, you're going to have to have some wheels. <laughs> That's the way it works and I was proud and my mom and dad told me just like they told my sister okay here is the car for you to use but we want you to take care of it and so guess what would have happened if I had pretended to be the Dukes of hazard and tried to jump things in in the Pontiac or if I had tried to be Smokey in the bandit and outrun the sheriff what would have happened to the silver bullet then I would have been on foot and the silver bullet would have been parked because I had to take care of it. I was given something good and I had to take care of it. So let's, let's bring this down home a little bit to, to our little corner of, of the world. Our little corner of the world, who's going to take care of it? We are, right? If, if, if the water's going to be clean, uh, if the trash is going to get picked up, if if it's going to be taken care of then it's us and this is not just our little corner of the world because we're all sailing in the same boat we're we're on the same it's the only one we got there's no place like home and so if something's going on and we might think that's good well that's half a world away uh i don't have to worry about that amazon rainforest is on fire well you know i can't smell the smoke from here that's really really short-sighted y'all that really short-sighted that would be like you and me in a, in a rowboat on the kusa and you're on one end and i'm on the other end and there's a hole in the end that you're on and the boat starts going like this and i sit in the back here and it says man tough luck because there's a hole in your end of the boat you see we're all in the same boat this is this is our home this is what god has given us And there's no place like home there's a really dangerous theology you'll find running around out there that says essentially something like this doesn't matter what you do with the earth with all its natural resources everything because god's going to do away with all of it anyway in the end times that's both non-scriptural and dangerous because first of all a faithful reading of the scripture We're studying the book of Revelation right now. i kind of give you a spoiler alert and hop to the end of the book of Revelation. God's good kingdom is going to be set up on God's good creation. And so here we're going to be and God wins in the end and God says, Behold, I make all things new. Not, Behold, I make all new things. You see the difference in that? So... If you just think about it, when has God ever, ever given anybody something good and said, I don't care if you take care of it or not. God has never done that. He doesn't do that with creation. He doesn't do that with our bodies because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't do that with our animals. He doesn't do that with our loved ones. He never gives us something good without expecting us to take care of it. There's no place like home. And another level, uh, this church is our home, and there's no place like home. What a, what a great place we have to call home. I want to do another call in response to you, and this one is, this is this is from our uh, our mission statement. You'll find on the front every single every single time. I'm going to read the mission statement, then I want you to respond. The people of Gaston First United Methodist Church, changing lives. By sharing Christ, making disciples, serving, and giving hope. And you respond? Yes, how I would like. Oh my goodness. It's great to have a church to call your home. When when I say you're welcome here, I really mean that you're welcome here. It's I, I'm not just saying that. You are. And and we you know, we welcome your pets and everything. If you s- snuck a pet in here today, then I'm not going to say... No, I'm just teasing about that. Let's just not go overboard. But you are welcome. We are welcoming you. Uh, if, if you're new and you haven't been here for very long, I hope that you feel welcome. I hope that this, this church family can be your church family. If you've been coming here for a while and, and um, you haven't kind of officially joined the church family, then I want to issue that invitation to you. Uh, we would welcome you. It's important It's important to come by professing your faith in Christ or transferring your your membership. I don't emphasize this every Sunday because if I emphasize this every Sunday, pretty soon you're not even going to hear it when I say it. But I'm saying it today, this is a good place to call home. A really good place to call home. So let me ask you a question, and even as I ask it, I know that you know that I know the answer. The question is this, is it important to have a church family to call home? And you already know I'm going to say yes, don't you? Another church that I served, one of our church members, his, he and his family had a funeral home in a town nearby. And his name was Kenny. And one, one day Kenny called me and he said, Pastor Sam, I, I have something I need you to do for me. I said, Okay. He said, well, we have this family here and they have a loved one, the, the mom of the family who's passed away. And they want to have a service for her. And they don't have a church family and they don't have a pastor. They have no connections at all. Will you come and do the service? And I said, sure, Kenny, I'll come and I'll do the very best I can. And so that's just what I did. I went and I did the very best I could. And I met with the family, we tried to talk to them. They were all kind of just in shock and kind of out of it and just didn't know which end was up. And we had, we had a service and maybe five or six people there. They were all looking down at the floor the whole time. And then it was over. And later on, I was standing with Kenny, talking with him by his office. And he said, you know, from a funeral director's position, you can always really tell the difference when a family has a church family and when they don't. And then he said, I have never heard it put this way before. I'll never forget it. He said, when there's no church family, the people are just untethered. Untethered. And I thought, you know, I've. I've thought at times in my life I'm untethered, and that's a good thing, like you know, hey, I'm not dating anybody right now, I'm available, you know uh, you know or or I don't have any homework and I'm out of school, I'm untethered, but this is untethered in a bad way. this is untethered like a a, a boat that's that's lost its mooring and there's a storm coming up and it's drifting off, and it has no port. You see what I mean untethered. And the church is a place to call your port, your home port, your home family. There's no place like home. And then finally, the presence of Christ is our spiritual home. And that is right here with us. And now I want us to read Psalm 131. It's, it's printed on the, the insert in your newsletter, or it's going to be up on the screen Psalm 131, and after I read Psalm 131, I'm going to ask you to respond one more time. David writes, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have settled, if I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother like a weaned child my soul is my soul within me oh israel put your hope in the lord both now and forevermore and the people said yes even more than being in this a part of this beautiful creation filled with wonders this earth that we call home and even more than being in this wonderful church that we call Homgadston First United Methodist Church, there is a more special way that God bridges the gap between heaven and earth and something that we call the Incarnation, when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and now this God who is with us is this God who is in us, who tabernacles in us. And we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, you see. We become the home of the presence of the living Christ. Colossians 1.27 says this, To them, to the saints, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The presence of Christ, our spiritual home, is not somewhere over the rainbow. Will you do me a favor and just put your hand over your heart? real quick? Just hold it there. Because I want you to hear this. God is not somewhere out there. Over the rainbow. The presence of Christ is right here. Right here. The psalmist put it this way, he said, you know, my heart is not proud, and my eyes are not haughty, and I'm not looking down on anybody else, and I don't concern myself with things too wonderful for me. In other words, I know that there are things that are beyond my understanding. Do you know what happens when you can put yourself in that position? David says, I've calmed and I've quieted myself like a weaned child with its mother. I am content. Like a weaned child with its mother. I first read that and I thought, how strange. But then I thought, how right on target that is. Oh, a, a, a weaned child, before a child is weaned, then that child might be fussy or anxious, because they're wondering, am I, you know, I've got this hunger pain in my stomach, am I gonna get my bottle or not? Or my mom just just walked out the door, is my mom gonna come back in that door? I don't know. Fussy, anxious, fussy baby. And then when a child is weaned, is mature enough to know That when there is a need, the need's gonna be provided. The weaned child can just relax and be content in mom or dad's lap. Not too proud, not thinking about things that are way beyond its understanding, just content to rest in mom or dad's lap like a weaned child. The psalmist wrote those words. Psalmist David wrote those words like a weaned child with his mother. But you have to remember, we have to remember, David wasn't always like that. He wasn't always content. He wasn't always at peace. He wasn't always. There was a time when David was proud. There was a time when David was haughty and looking down and concerning himself. With things that he had no business concerning himself with like Bathsheba and he got himself into so much trouble that's the truth about Psalmist David he wasn't always like that and you want to hear the truth about pastor Sam pastor Sam's not always like that I'm not always content and and just calm like a weaned child with his mother There are times that my heart is anxious within me because I'm thinking about things that I have no control over, but I'm worrying about them anyway. And I am inwardly, if not outwardly, fussy. Like a big old baby. So when I'm like that, when I'm like that and I'm irritable and... I must be thinking that the answer is somewhere behind curtain number one or over the rainbow or somewhere because it doesn't feel like it's right here. But guess what? Where is it? It's right here because Christ is in me the hope of glory and I can be content and I can rest. It's right here. Even as I'm grumpy and searching, it's right there all along. One morning this week, I was trying to head out and come to church, and I couldn't find my car keys. Now y'all don't ever have that trouble, but just use your imagination. I couldn't find my car keys. Now I had an extra set of car keys, so I wasn't going to be stranded. I mean, Tammy, I could Tammy could have taken me. I could have taken her. I wasn't going to have to walk. But it was the principle of the thing. I knew those car keys were somewhere, and I wanted to find them. I didn't want the spare set, I wanted the one that I wanted when I wanted it, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and the more I searched, the, the more cranky I got, inside out, looking under the car, came in, finally, finally resigned myself, came in, shut the door probably harder than I should have, went, snatched the spare keys, probably kissed my wife harder than I should have, like, Mwah! like that, going to her, you know, went out, got in the car, went, pulled, rolled up, got in the parking lot, uh, got my bag out of the back, locked my car, and went to put my spare keys in my pocket, and I thought, what is that lumpy thing down in my pocket? The pants I had on had those deep pockets down there, and down in the bottom of my very pocket, was what I was looking for and fussy and cranky that I could not find. My spiritual home, Christ in me, is not somewhere over the rainbow. And when I'm discontent, could it be that I've forgotten? Could it be that I'm too full of myself? Could it be that I'm concerning myself with things too wonderful for me instead of resting? There's no place like home. I want to ask you to remember that as we are going to sing our closing hymn. Our closing hymn today is um, Close to the. And I want to invite you to to remember, um, maybe you feel like home is a long way out. Maybe you feel like you're in a faraway country. I want to remind you that you can always come home. And maybe you want to make this church home your church home today. I want to invite you to do that. Just come up. As so we sing this last hymn, maybe you want to commit yourself to uh, taking care of what God has given you. Maybe you've kind of gotten slack about that. And God stirred something up in you today. So whatever you uh, need to do in response as we stand and sing number 407, I invite you to do this. Holy Spirit leads. Oh, oh,